And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to what I'm going to call a very special edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. I have booted out Tim Kawakami. I have booted out Marcus Thompson. And I got some star replacements. This feels like one of those like big threes, like Phoenix, like your Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin it's Durant. Not it's not going well in Phoenix right now. Well, this podcast isn't going well with the way you're interrupting me now. That's that's Sam Amick over here. We're calling him Bradley Beal. Uh, we have John Krasinski from uh, Minnesota. What we? I, I guess Cameron be. Payne. I think Cameron Payne. Where is he now? He's in Milwaukee, right? Yeah. I think. Yep. Team number 10. Um, a great time to have John Krasinski on because the Warriors are in the midst of a uh, – I was going to call it a home-and-home, home, but it's it's not a home-and-home. Home. It's just a straight-up uh, baseball series. Um, and Sam Mimic is here. And the Wolves are the best team in the NBA right now. I mean, what is that, seven in a row did I hear, John? Six in a row. So, yeah, they're seven and two on the season. Um, they look really good. I mean, it's – one of those things where the defense looks sustainable. They've beaten now Golden State on the road, Boston at home, Denver at home. So not just cupcakes here. They're they're winning some good games against some good competition. Yeah, I mean, it's the defense. They came in at number one. I assume they're sticking in that spot. Uh, you saw it tonight. Um, and, you know, I'll be writing kind of about the Warriors' offensive trouble. And they had just come off losing two to Cleveland um, where – Cleveland size, right? Their too big approach was a problem for a very small, at times very unathletic, older Warriors team. And it was like, okay, you're get, you're almost facing Cleveland on steroids a little bit with what Minnesota's doing with with Towns and Gobert inside. And you saw it tonight. I mean, how many times was it Draymond kind of wandering into the paint, like pump fake, pump fake, kick it over to Looney, Sarich? How many times was he pump faking tonight? Um, the, from the Minnesota side, it's very impressive. We could start there, Sam, if you want. But, you know, obviously I'll talk about it from the Warriors side. Yeah, I was going to say, the Phoenix comparison is not it, Slater. I mean, we are the Wolves, I think. You know, John's the Ooh. old head. Oh, man, we're getting off the tracks. I mean, John's cat. I, I think I'm going to give you the, the, the ant role. Oh, oh, oh. You got, you're the young fella. You got the talent. Uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be Rudy. I'll, I'll be the rim protector. The vibe is good. It's crazy. I talked to some other guys post game trying to get big picture perspective on specifically like what is it like to go from last season where you know with good reason the narrative was these pieces just don't fit and this is you know kind of ill-fated doomed to fail type deal to like John just said wow like really good stretch looks like very functional um you know they're doing the old post-game weight session thing outside of the visitors winners work winners work you got to be careful because it did not work for the Suns uh, the Suns are the ones who typically do this here. But, you know, six, seven players, including Ant, Rudy. I don't know if Cat was, out, was there. out there. Yeah, yeah and, you know, getting the post-game weight session in. So the vibe is good, and, and I think the defense, obviously, is the focal point, just absolutely locking teams up, and, uh, and it looks like it, it could be sustainable. Just because we're a Warriors podcast, I will flip it to their side of things. And um, 
the fact that I'm in Minnesota in a lot of ways, and Cleveland, as I mentioned, exposes some of their weaknesses. Uh, and right now, uh, their two biggest concerns, I think, is Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson. Andrew Wiggins, who John Krasinski knows quite well, uh, is extremely quiet to start the season, really probably quieter than he even ever was in Minnesota. Because you know one thing he did in Minnesota? He scored 20 points, right? Absolutely. He has not scored 20 points this season um, because nobody on the Warriors... Dario Sarge scored exactly 20 in Oklahoma City because uh, he hit a bunch of threes in the first half. No Warrior has scored more than 20 points this year besides Steph Curry. Uh, Clay Thompson averaged 20 points a game last year. Once again tonight, 5 of 16, 16 points. He had... He had the backbreakers tonight, right? The the, the open layup. threes were the crowd. Yeah, the layup was the was the capper on that um, wide open layup transition. If you uh, didn't see it in the fourth quarter, but also the ones where the crowd's rising up. He's got a three, and he just you know it misses, and it's just something they got to solve. That's those are supposed to be the two other scorers around Steph Curry, and the fact that guys that you know have averaged 20 for their game in their career neither of them have hit 20 yet at all what do you what, what's your take on the Wiggins side of it yeah I mean I was watching it and to see him only take seven shots um uh you know when you could tell that anyone besides Steph was having problems like that would be when I would expect him to at least try to be a little more aggressive now I think he's gone through this sort of transition in his career right from you know scorer sort of number one number two option to more of a role player in Golden State but um, I think he has to rediscover some of that aggressiveness because uh, he he just he never really felt like he was a factor in the game Uh, he he took a couple jump shots but he wasn't going to the rim when have you last seen that Wiggins spin move that he comes to the basket and just unleashes on someone I just didn't see anything that really said Oh, he's going to be a hard thing to hard player to deal with tonight. He just he made it really easy. Yeah, and you know historically, as you know, he's killed his yeah. former teams, including Minnesota. Yes. Um, and his, his athleticism is not popping right now. He doesn't have that juice. Um, you know, we've had this conversation a ton, but uh, his handles like loose. His jumpers like he just it's not there. I mean, he's fifty percent from the free throw line. He's now what he zero for two tonight. So he's something like four of twenty one from three for the whole year. He's made four threes. Uh, he has, did he have a steal tonight? He did have a steal tonight. So he now has two steals in eleven games. Uh, activities just not there. I mean, and it's like, you know, three days ago, four days ago, you felt very good about where this Warriors team was. It was they were six and two, and even coming off the a long tough road stretch they're six and three but you lose to a cleveland team you lose to minnesota who are two of the larger tougher teams in the league it might just be a tough matchup thing but sam i know you were feeling kind of optimistic about the warriors is this kind of made you tap the brakes a little bit well i mean the theme here that's it's you know inescapable for them is just the size issue again you know and you lose to denver so it's obviously denver top of the nba mountain that's who everybody's gunning for Minnesota, who, by the way, I, I talked to Rudy Gobert about this tonight. If you unpacked the playoffs from last year, and we didn't know this at the time, like you can make a good argument that the Wolves gave them, you know, a, as good of a run as anybody. Phoenix was six games in the playoffs, but like matchup wise, Minnesota was pretty good against the Nuggets. The Warriors, conversely, are just showing an inability to do what they do against these big teams. So, in terms of the ultimate goal that the, you know they obviously have as a dynasty team of winning the whole thing it's it's a problem and then more specifically like you hit on you know every team has like its best case scenario of how they're gonna reach their ceiling right so for the Warriors that definitely included the Wiggins subplot 
of they didn't have him for so much of the first half of last season. So now they do, and that's a game changer. Well, if he's going to play like this, then that goes out the window. Clay Thompson playing like he has the last couple games, also not good. Um, so all the different boxes they need to check to be a contender, at least within the last 10 days, are, are not getting checked. Yeah, the Clay one, he's had an interesting – see, I mean, we talked about it, right? I had the conversation with him preseason. He didn't, does not sign the extension. I mean, there's still a feeling he'll be here long term, but there's he's clearly – battling for his value right now and what that contract will look like from a monetary standpoint well so he's not but he's not trying to press within that his shot attempts are down about four per game uh he, it hasn't been this like thirsty just crazy shot hunting um but the percentages haven't been there he's still i think you could you guys can probably both see trying to fight to be his old self when there has to be a transition phase at some point in his career um, but also they need him. I don't know. It's 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 difficult because he kind of needs to be their secondary well, scorer. I was say, to add on to that, as long as Steph and Clay are sharing a court together, then your mind is going to have that expectation of the Splash Brothers being the Splash Brothers. Especially when Steph still is. That's right? what I mean. Yeah. And so it is admittedly, I know I'm, this is premature. Clay could really get back to being, I mean, everybody forgets last year. How many threes do you have? 301 threes, led the NBA, made threes in January, February last year were his two highest scoring months of his career. And he was horrible to start last season through right around this time. Right. And then he exploded for 11 threes in Houston in like, on like November 12th or something like that and then went off. Right. So my disclaimer is, to your point, like put some respect on his name. He, he might be that guy again soon. But the day could come where if Steph continues to maintain or elevate where he's at and then Clay falls off more quickly – because of the history they have together, it's just going to be a tricky thing to watch, you know. And, and we expect Clay to be that guy. Right now, he's not that guy. And with Wiggins doing what he's doing, all these different holes in, in their attack, uh, it, it's more glaring. Uh, from the Minnesota side, do you, do you think they view the Warriors matchup as like appealing, um, just because of the size thing? Yeah, I mean, they were talking after the game tonight a lot about you know. All how much respect they have for Steph, for Clay, for Draymond, like like really using the Warriors as sort of their measuring stick for where they want to go, even with Denver winning the championship last year. But I think that there is a confidence with them in how they match up. You know, this is a matchup type of a league, and so they love how they match up with Denver with the size that they can present. They love how they match up with Golden State. I mean, it, that's one of the things that struck me tonight watching the game was you knew Steph was getting his and he was having a great game. But beyond that, every other matchup, you know, toe-to-toe, you could argue went the Wolves' way. And I don't think it's a fluke. Like, I mean, maybe Clay will eventually get going. But, I mean, when you're talking about Anthony Edwards, Nas Reed, you know, Jaden McDaniels got going in the third quarter a little bit offensively. They have so many more weapons. When Steph sits and they go to that Chris Paul-led second unit, I don't know who scores for them against a defense like the Wolves can play. So I do think that there's a confidence there. I mean, the Warriors did great on the offensive glass. Anthony Edwards was not great, really, for a lot of the game until the fourth quarter, and they still were in control of the game for much of it and so yeah I think that there's a lot of confidence that just the matchup itself is advantageous for them I thought it was interesting you know and this is kind of fun to talk about it because they're playing on Tuesday in an in-season tournament game which you know I don't know it does feel like I mean you've covered one now in Sacramento Sam and I, I covered the okay yeah I covered the OKC one like 
it's just, I don't know, there's a little bit more. But also, it's 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 going to be fun on Tuesday because this is also a rematch where the Warriors kind of wounded pride a little bit. They've lost three in a row. They're going to want to respond. Minnesota playing so well, the confidence, I'm sure they're going to come in here with some juice also. Um, what I saw as we look forward to that, which we don't get to do much in the regular season, it feels like a game two of a playoff series. Uh, Kerr go away in this particular matchup from Sarge and Paul late, and it was uh, when they really were going after it in the fourth, it was Wiggins, Kaminga on the floor with Draymond, uh, Steph, and Clay. And I think you might see that, you know, Kaminga does go 2 of 11 tonight, but he's a plus 5. He gets to the line 7 times. If you're playing against this Minnesota team and you just want to juice who you are from an athletic standpoint, I think he can matter. And I do think come Tuesday – you might see some more youth. Might see some more Moses Moody. Uh, might even see some Brandon Pajemski. I don't know if you all noticed. He scored eight points in one minute tonight, and he almost, like, really made this a weird night. I, I, so Finch, Chris Finch, never pulls the plug on games ever. And it's, it was he's Tibbs-like in the way that he plays all the way to the end and doesn't take wins for granted. So I was actually surprised when he pulled it right after Steve did, and then it got really a little bit tight there. Um, but, I yeah, I think that... The counter or, you know, the antidote that the Warriors at least have to try is athleticism. Like, and um, you have to get, scram- get you know, Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert scrambling a little bit more moving. They're just not, they're not afraid of Dario Saric moving, you know, their feet and, and, and staying in front of him. And so um, that will be interesting. I also do think what has to be mentioned is the Warriors were on the second night of a back-to-back. The, the Wolves were not, even though it's a home back-to-back. Older legs, Clay, uh, Chris Paul, like those things, those guys are affected by that. So they'll have a little day of rest. I'm sure they'll be a little sharper and a little more buzz and and zip in their step on Tuesday. Um, you know, but I think that the Wolves will say, we didn't play our best game either, so we'll be ready for you as well. Real quick, guys, speaking yeah. of young versus old, did we get any clarity on the late uh, exchanges where Anthony? Randolph was chirping quite a bit at the Warriors bench. Yeah, I said Randolph. Wow, Warriors <laughs> reference. Another, another Anthony Wolves Randolph connection there. He was in Wolf <laughs> for a little bit. There you go. That's right. No, but like Ant had he he. I think early fourth quarter. I could be off on that. He he's coming on the right side. Looks like he's gonna absolutely take off. Draymond, on Draymond Green. Yeah. Draymond checks him. Makes sure that he stays on the floor. They kind of chirp a bit, and it felt like three four possessions after that. You know, Edwards got something to say in the Warriors' direction. You know, I didn't ask him, but I didn't know if. Yeah, we didn't. I didn't ask him either, but I speak fluent ant, and so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think it was very much. Um, I think at that moment when Draymond kind of got physical with him, he understood that this was them trying to assert themselves, and anytime someone tries to do that with Ant. Uh, he responds with force. And, like, it happened with Jimmy Butler a couple years ago in a game. Um, If someone tries to really get physical, he's coming right at them, and if he hits a couple of those pull-up jumpers like he did in the fourth, he's going to let you know about it. And I think that he knows that Draymond wants to play mind games with a young team that has not won a whole lot that's coming off of a season where they were very underwhelming. And I think that Ant was kind of determined to say, you're not going to bully us tonight. And I think that was the message. Yeah, that's coming Tuesday. That version of Draymond Green is coming Tuesday, which only makes it more interesting, especially, you know, I think, I mean, I know he has a very high level of respect for Anthony Edwards. And I think he's not of the belief 
necessarily that he can like turn Anthony Edwards into goo and, and you know take over the game. I do think he thinks that about the big men yes. in the in the Wolves locker room, and I do think he's going to be coming at Gobert a little bit more uh, come Tuesday, and well, even Towns. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about this. Um, but, you know, I don't know, Draymond's coming off an ejection last night, and, uh, you know, he's still trying to play himself into rhythm. I mean, that's one of the more, I think, underrated things going on with the Warriors is Draymond's just, you know, he did had no camp. Uh, he's just still, like, the, his wind isn't completely Draymond there. Draymond took more threes than Wiggins did tonight. I thought it was a very bad sign early for the Warriors' offense where, I don't know if you know, like, Draymond took a three on, like, three of the first five possessions. Yeah. It was just like, well, that seems like Minnesota's funneling the ball where they want it to, to go. He hit a couple, but it's like, you know, that's it's working, whatever Minnesota's doing, because that's not where the Warriors designed the play yeah. to go. Um, and, you know, again, his shot actually looks okay right now, man. His percentages are pretty good from three, but it's like, it's the, the Wolves would happily lose a game yeah. to the Warriors if Draymond and Dario Saric beat them from behind the arc. Like yeah. that's clearly the. And to me, the, with the Draymond, it's it's what it isn't right now defensively. It isn't just everywhere, racing here, racing there, strip there, yell at the crowd over here. He'll still take a charge. He'll make a smart play, but like either he has not had a just dominant defensive game yet, and I just don't know if physically he's. He might not be there for a little bit, so that's kind of a problem. Well, and one other thing that's always that's always going to be an element in these games is like the Warriors. I don't think they need to have it going in November, early November. They know, and I know you get play with fire a little bit with that, but like the Wolves are clearly playing with the chip on their shoulder from last year, and like they're playing harder than a lot of teams, you know, early in the season because. They just they're thirsty for it, and and so the the Warriors probably know it's a long season. They'll manage it and they'll figure things out. But the Wolves are coming out like gangbusters because I, like I hear you. I think that gap's probably closer than you. Yeah, realize. the Warriors. The, it the is Warriors be- are yeah. like that. That Steph as the poster boy yeah. is the everybody thinks we're washed. Everybody thinks we're old. We're done. They've got the chip on the shoulder. Um, so I mean, I feel like in terms of effort intensity competitiveness you know they're they're trying every night that size again is the problem yeah no they really are trying because of how last year went so poorly in so many ways i mean and they've continued to talk about it but one of the ways was they went three and seven to start and then spoke all season about how that like screwed them up so they came out this season like not happening again they went six and two they've been good on the road it's just now they've dropped three in a row it's what makes tuesday interesting again because i do think there, there is much less of what you're talking about this year of like, eh, whatever, you know, Wolves get us, we're 6-6. Six and six. I mean, the truth is, yeah, who really does care in the long term? But I do think they're just trying to build bigger habits, and I just think established, like, who they are this season. But I don't know. Chris Paul wasn't that great tonight. He's been good for them. Uh, I just, But maybe these matchups. Uh, like, I mean, the, the, the Wolves don't just have length down low yeah, like right, Nikhil right. Alexander Walker is long for a perimeter defender Jane McDaniels like Mike Conley's a really good defender he's not big but he's you know Kyle so, Anderson Kyle Anderson huge arms. yeah so like it's hard for someone like that who operates in the mid-range and you saw him get into the paint a lot yeah. to, or right near and then Rudy was right there and like you know in the past in the playoffs of the past yeah. and stuff he just busts that that Jay right over him and he's just not not 
right there for that. Yeah, Jumper hasn't really been there. All right, fellas, is there anything else before I get you out of here on this special edition of the Warriors? No, nah, I know it's Warriors focused. Admittedly, I'm enjoying. I'm a sucker for yeah. you know surprising storylines, mm-hmm. and to see Minnesota be somewhat. I mean, they were on the short list of laughingstock teams yeah. last year, mm-hmm. and to again, it's it's early, but you're talking six in a row and a pretty decent sample size to kind of sink your teeth into. Uh, it feels like a surprise storyline that is going to be worth monitoring the rest of the year, especially bigger picture. And I think, Mr. Krasinski, we should talk about this on tampering this week when you visit with us. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> me in there. Already. I agree. To finish, like, like the Carl Anthony Towns component is interesting. Like, here's a guy who around the league, people assume he's got to get moved at some point. It's too expensive. All these, you know, foregone conclusions from the outside looking in and then to be here and see them in the locker room and forget for a minute about the price tag, you kind of go, damn, like basketball-wise, like maybe it's pretty good. You know, he has not played all that well through this stretch, at least in terms of offensively, and they still are doing what they're doing. And, John, you tweeted tonight, like when Cat plays like this, you know, um, it was pretty dynamic. Yeah, he was really, really good tonight, and 21-14. and But, like, to me, the difference with Cat this year versus others is defensively he's playing well, especially there's that play in the fourth quarter where Clay missed the layup. It was in transition. Cat hustled all the way back and then challenged Kaminga at the rim on the rebound, and so the Warriors didn't score on that possession. And those are the kinds of plays that Cat has not been making in the past. And so beyond whatever he shoots and all those things, uh, he's more well-rounded. And But if he knocks down threes, um, they're really hard to guard with Ant. With, you know, McDaniels is underrated, you know, with, with Conley. Like, it's a, it's, a, it's a deep group. Yeah, the Warriors. They would pick up Anthony Randolph. What they yeah. should do. The missing piece. <laughs> he actually had, like, an incredible overseas career. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if if... Uh, Towns and Gobert are going to completely outplay Draymond and Looney. That's a big problem for the Warriors, and they did tonight. So, all right, fellas, uh, Tuesday night in-season tournament. Let's go. Is it a? Is it on TNT? It's pro- I don't think it's one of the TNT I'm games. Not sure. I'm not sure. Should, Should be. It's kind of a good group. Uh, group C, I think, mm-hmm. right? Um, San Warriors, San Antonio, Thunder, Kings, and Wolves. Uh, if the Warriors lose, is Steph going to look at the cameras and say one step farther from Vegas? Mm. Like he did. When they did you say one step closer yeah, to Vegas? Yeah, did you, were you, either of you guys in the Steph presser tonight? No. So, somebody asked him about the in-season tournament and if like, the rules were too confusing, and he said no, and then he... Literally sat there and explained all the rules of like how, how you qualify the six teams. There's two wild cards, and he and Ritter's over there like the league is okay, gonna love is, this. Yeah, but that's and I joke because yeah. that has been a thing I've heard yeah. among NBA people is that Adam Silver clearly grabbed Steph on the side and said, "Can you be my?" You should listen to his guy? answer tonight. It was yeah. insane. He literally explained all the rules and why. It's, yeah, just read up on it. It's very simple. Well, on the other side of the spectrum, we have, I think it was Bones Highland the other day. You put Steph said, Curry against Bones Highland in a, yeah. in but a like, battle of basketball know, I know this is not all 82 content, but, like, Joel Embiid, I love it, shoots the three. I forget who they're playing the other day. And guys get pissed off at him because they don't realize that the points matter for yeah. the standings. Point Conversely, Kevin Herter, the Kings when they beat OKC the other night, had his own teammates yelling at him to shoot the three, and he was very confused. Like, I'm trying to be respectful because he didn't know the rules. Like, guys are still figuring out what the hell is going on. 
I think it's been kind of fun. I like uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the, the Vegas part, I think, is going to be really cool, yeah. uh, especially if you know, I'm there to cover it. Uh, all right. Uh, we will talk Tuesday. Thanks, Should be an interesting in-season tournament game. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.